Howdy, Ags. Welcome to Aggie Growth Hacks, the podcast sponsored by the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M, where we help entrepreneurs improve their business, connect with other Aggie entrepreneurs, and support one another. I'm your host, Greg Martin, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2001. And I'm your co-host, Chris Hunter, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 1998. Well, we got a little story for you, Ags. 100. 100 episodes. Thank you so much for being part of the Aggie Growth Hacks journey for the last 100 episodes. Chris and I are just so honored to be able to, to share this with you, and we are so excited for the next 100 episodes. But we have had amazing conversations with entrepreneurs over the last, for the last 99 weeks, and we've heard time and again that many of those entrepreneurs have implemented EOS or Entrepreneur's Operating System or something similar in order to help them achieve strong growth, to achieve their goals. And so we thought it would be fun if we brought Randy McDougall, Fighting Textile Class in 1984, on in this very special episode. Randy is an EOS implementer, meaning that he has the best job in the entire world. He guides and coaches entrepreneurs as they are implementing EOS into their own companies. Talk about a man that is helpful and he is helping change the world. So pass it back and listen up to Randy as he shares some really good bull. Well, Randy, thank you so much for joining us on Aggie Growth Hacks. And thank you for joining us for this very special 100th episode of Aggie Growth Hacks. Uh, Chris and I have said it time and time again. I, I can't believe that we got out of season one, much less into season six and now with 100 episodes. But Ags, we wanted to bring you a super special treat for your loyalty and for listening to us for 100 episodes. So Randy McDougall is an EOS implementer or entrepreneur's operating system. And if you have listened to Aggie Growth Hacks at all, you have heard both Chris and I nerd out on EOS because we've seen how powerful it is in businesses as entrepreneurs implement it. So Randy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and thank you for making the entrepreneurial community, the Aggie entrepreneurial community, so much better through your work and your experience. Oh, well, thank you. I, I'm, I'm really honored to be on here for this, at, at this uh, 100th show and congratulations, Greg and Chris. I mean, 100, it's an amazing thing to hit and, and you guys are adding huge value. I, I hear that from so many people. I could have a long list. So thank you for that. Well, th thanks for joining us. Um, before we kind of dig into the meat of our discussion today, tell us a little bit about your entrepreneur experience, You know how it started way back in, in Aggieland and, and how you've had some amazing opportunities and what are you doing now? Uh, well, so uh, actually, it started pre-Aggie Land. In high school, I, I decided I could make more money, a lot less time, washing windows and uh, working at Chick-fil-A. And when I when I went from that, I, I learned a ton of things, like how do you pick the right customer? How do you quote jobs correctly? Those kind of things. And I almost did not come to Aggie Land because of that, because I was bidding for what an 18-year-old was, was a huge, huge job. But Anyway, ended up here uh, about 10 years after that. I did a, uh, a brief stay in the CPA world, and then I, I was bootstrapping a graphics and printing company to several million dollars in uh, several locations. And learned, now I'm learning real lessons, like how do you deal with 
issues, which for us, we had a real life fire. Those of you who have heard my story before know that. Uh, we also had those days of how do you make payroll when there's no money in the bank accounts and ultimately uh, how to sell to a large national company the transition and, and kind of from there um, started learning some things along the way that really helped me out in those businesses with some mentors. And uh, about 10 years after that, co-founded a, a group that did multiple uh, companies and in multiple industries, saw a lot of success. Uh, and from there, uh, when I sold my part of that business, took some time off having fun. And, and then suddenly was, a guy said to me, you need to be an EOS implementer. And it was this blinding flash, the obvious for me. In fact, my wife, uh, when I told her that, that day, she said, that's what you're created for. The worker's exact words. Yes. And, uh, I could so see Abigail say that. It's 100% true. And it, it has been so fun. So now I, I take those same tools I learned from my mentors 20, 25 years ago, even before Gino had put EOS together. And I really find that Gino took all those things I learned and really simplified them and made them even more powerful. And that's what I do is take those with entrepreneurs and really teams, because some of them are beyond that entrepreneur stage and help them implement this complete proven system of simple, very practical tools to get what they want out of their business. The biggest things that we've noticed here on Aggie Growth Hacks is the very successful people that we have interviewed, like 80% or more are on EOS, right? Or at least a version of it. Not all of them are on the full version of EOS for that, you know, all of that. But for the most part, they, they're like, yeah, we implemented this piece or, or these pieces, you know, and, and we haven't fully implemented everything. But that's why, you know, we would talk with someone like Randy here to help us fully implement the entire system, right? So big question that I have for you is, you know, and because we're Aggie Growth Hacks, what is the one thing, the one thing that you learned at Texas A&M, right, that's been the most helpful to you as an entrepreneur in your entrepreneurial journey? Well, let me think. When I was a freshman, I learned how to juggle. That was the biggest thing I remember from my <laughs> year. Um, and But I'm not sure that was quite it. Like really yeah. juggle or juggle time? Well, I know no, to really, really juggle, you know, tennis balls and, uh, you know, do that. And so that's been a lot. I bet your mom and dad are so proud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. The things you, you really learn are not so much what you learn in class, honestly. And, uh, but it's still just just fabulous. It, it's the relationships. It's it's uh, how to interact with people. It's how to how to make things happen. I had a lot of entrepreneurial areas, not necessarily all in business, although there were some in business of just being able to have those interactions and certainly uh, certainly the classes, no doubt about that. But but uh, I think it was was learning how to have relationships and, and really go to a deeper level in relationships and also learning the importance of values. And I don't think I realized at the time I was I was uh you know, sometimes just not aware what a big influence that was having, but it really was seeping into me in the values in terms of who I chose to spend time with, how I made decisions. And and those are the things that really stick out, out to me. Well, Randy, could you share with us what are your company's values? And and I'm going to guess that one of them is probably helpful. And, and what I mean by y'all, if you listen to Randy, even his voicemail, Randy says, I'm Randy. I'm sorry. I can't be right near, here right now. How can I help you? You always want to help entrepreneurs and, and people in general. And so I, I want to speak that and then be very thankful of that. But 
What are your company's values? Well, uh, and actually, I, I forget about my voicemail, so that's kind of embarrassing because I never listen to it, right? But uh, you know, so health first is actually one of those core values, and uh, it's one. It, it is helpful for me because it reminds me I'm not here to sell anybody anything. I'm not here to to try to change somebody's mind. I'm here to help, and sometimes that means. They don't do what I think sincerely they might, should do, or, or could do. But if I can help them move towards making a decision, that's huge. And I, I know numerous companies. I can think of a couple of examples where, in fact, one you introduced me to, Greg, and, and we talked, and they said it was several months later, it was life-changing. Not that they fully implemented EOS, but still just it, they resulted in having conversations. And and I just actually uh, kind of third hand heard earlier today about a company who I talked to several years ago, and I didn't know if they ever did anything or not. And somebody just told me third hand, they are loving practicing in EOS. And I, you know, I haven't talked to them about it in several years, but I love that they're doing it. And so it's just a lot of fun. I was on the phone last night with a guy from Florida, you know, and I'm, and I connected them with somebody else, but it, it's just, just meeting friends all over the world, mm-hmm. helping them mostly here in Bryan College Station, but really all over the place. Oh, so, and I'm sorry, if I stop there. Help first, then there is grow or die, which I love because I I love learning. I love I love growing. And there's do the right thing, and then there is do what you say, and then I'm just totally blanking out on one, which is really funny. Y'all put me on this spot, so it's uh, help first, do the right thing, grow or die, do what you say, and gosh, it's this is embarrassing. It'll come to me in just a moment. It's one I use all the time. Sounds like you need to take that one out then, right? (laughs) Definitely not. (laughs) All right. I'm going to flip the script a tiny bit here, right? Because, you know, you work with so many entrepreneurs and and you are so knowledgeable about EOS, right? And you've been trained now by Gina Wickman and his team and all that kind of stuff. So what is the one thing that you've noticed, right? That has been the tipping point for people getting onto EOS and, and what has helped them to actually implement it in their business the most, the easiest way, the the, the fastest way that they could possibly do that? Well, I have several things in there of, of what you're saying. The, uh, you know, kind of, kind of the one is just sometimes the pain drives people towards it because we, we all, when we start a business, we have kind of dreams and we're, we're excited about moving towards those dreams and, and working towards that. And and then we kind of go somewhere along the path and we realize, whoops, it's not as fun as what I thought. Sometimes that comes faster than we think. It's not as easy as what I thought. And so it's when people, they run into the, to the frustrations that entrepreneurs have. One is money. There's just not enough of it. Another is you know growth where well, we've hit a ceiling. Another is uh, just things feel out of control. And then there's obviously just the people. How do you manage the people and, and work with that? So those are all areas that people run into. And that's usually a tipping point. And, it, and it's really value. It's also a, a humble point of saying, I need some help. And the reality is we all do. You can go to any business that, that you want, any organization, and you dig under the, you know, inside a little bit. And there's always stuff that we all have. 
even though we may not put it on LinkedIn or Facebook, but there's always things that all of us have to address. And, and so it's kind of being comfortable with, hey, I've got things to address, everybody else does, and I'm going to get the help when I, when I need it. From there is really when I work with teams, what I find the biggest thing that they need is one, to have a, a mindset that's growth-oriented and really open-minded. Uh, sometimes I meet people and they know everything, and that's great, but it's probably not going to help them out too much. Uh, the second is that they're open, honest, and vulnerable, both personally, which is actually probably the hardest thing to do, and with one another. And the third is that they're more afraid of the status quo than of change. Those are the big three that I tell every team I work with. I actually was with a uh, group of managers, about 25 managers from with a company this morning, just talking them through that. And, and they're really seeing. And the reality is, if you like the status quo, there's nothing wrong with that. Just be there. EOS is going to bring change for you, though. And so so just be aware of that. And I have worked with a, a couple of teams, and one in particular, I remember they were, the team was starting to see some things for the first time and really starting to make some changes. And the leader suddenly stood up. He couldn't stand anymore. He said, we're not making any changes. We're just talking. Let's keep talking, but we're not making any changes. And the room just kind of shut down. And then later on, he said, I don't think my team's really being open with me. And I said, no, I don't think so. And I, you know, as as we talked through that particular incident, as well as some others, that's just a dramatic change. Uh, you know, and then that, so that's really what makes the biggest difference in my mind of folks who, who have those three characteristics. So Randy, what I love about that is that if, if, if I was in that situation, I probably would have <laughs> looked at that entrepreneur and, you know, shot him some death, death rays or something out of my eyes. Because I mean, that's the, that's the whole point of you being here is because, because of change, but you're, you're so gracious and, and experienced to be able to kind of handle that in, in a more appropriate manner than, than what I would do. But can you, can you maybe from big picture, so so say I'm an entrepreneur and and I am hungry for change and and the status quo is is more painful than the change and I want to learn about EOS. So I've gone out and you know maybe I've read the books. When someone comes to to you or, or someone like you, what is kind of like the process? Because you're you help them to implement EOS, but you're not it's not like you're there with them every day. So what is like the big, big, big picture process of uh, an entrepreneur? What can they expect and who needs to be in those meetings? You, you bet. Um, well so it really starts with the three, four, five, six key leaders in the organization. And that's a little bit different for every organization. And the first thing I do with teams, and I, I love to do this with teams, I've did, done them with little tiny teams and larger teams, what we call a 90-minute meeting. And it's basically, there's the book traction, which you mentioned. And then this is what I would call kind of a movie version of traction on steroids. And the reason I say that is we're doing it live and the team is together. And, and what makes it on steroids is they suddenly have a platform to have the conversations that they've been dying to have. And what I've experienced is multiple teams have said just that 90-minute meeting has transformed the organization. Because not because of me, by the way. Part of it is EOS and the tools, but the big part is they're together in a situation to have that discussion. Even a couple of teams I mentioned earlier, the one I heard about 30, 
I know they had discussion because I heard that directly and indirectly in the follow-up, but but that they they began to have that discussion and make changes in the organization. And so some of those teams then say we want to become a client and that's great. And some do not. And they, they can take as much or as little of it if they want on their own. Either way, I see just a lot of success. And I love those meetings. It's just a lot of fun to do that. From there, if a team wants to fully implement EOS and then really to what uh, Chris said earlier, kind of the, the fastest route, what I see is we meet together for three full-day sessions, what we call a focus day, a vision-building one, and a vision-building two. And in that, what we're doing is implementing tools and disciplines that most people have an idea of, and they kind of nibble at the edges of, but they don't really have a structure and a format to completely implement all of those in the organization. So in that first really 60 days, they have three sessions and they start having conversations they never had. They start addressing accountability and discipline and then also clarity of where are we going? Where do we want to go? And sometimes what they were thinking, they realize that's not really what we want. And at the end of that time, they have what I call an architectural plan of the future as well as how they're going to behave in order to get there. And I've had, again, teams say that first 30, 60 days were the most productive they've had sometimes in 10, 20 years of business. Wow. Just because they're able to cut through so much junk and really address those issues. From there, it, it's kind of the, then we go into take those plans and go into full implement implementation, pouring the foundation and then building on top of that with four times a year, three of those times in a quarterly session where we make sure we are on track or connected with one another. We haven't lost anybody and we haven't gotten off track. And then once a year in a two day annual where we do a really deep dive into team health and long-term planning. And my goal is they start operating in a highly accountable 90-day world where they have the communication and I'm teaching them the tools for a week-in, week-out basis of them being able to have those communications. And then every 90 days, they we get together, make sure they're connected and they have, they have direction in the organization. So from there, it usually is about a two-year process. And that's a big thing to tell people. A uh, team I was with last week, they just, just hit that two-year mark. And they said, yeah, we thought we could do it in like six months. And I just want people to know on the front end, this is not a quick fix. You know, If it was, I'd love it, but it's not. The reality is it takes a couple of years to fully implement in the organization. And at that point, my goal is to get them to a point they're ready to graduate. I am all about them being independent where they don't need me to operate. And at that point, it really just becomes their decision. Do they still want that outside facilitator to help them out to, to keep moving forward? Some teams say, absolutely, we love that. It gives, allows us to really be free. Others say we're ready to operate on our own. Either way, I don't want them to be dependent on me. And I'll just support them as much as they need. That's awesome. So I want to dig a little bit deeper into EOS here, right? Because there's 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 a lot of tools that EOS has. There's people, there's processes, there's what, seven of them, right? Uh, of the main main tools uh, that are part of the entrepreneurial operating system. Is that correct? It, it's, there, there's, uh, there's six components of the entrepreneurial yeah. operating system. So it's the vision component, the people component, the data component, the issues, process, and then traction. 
So from my standpoint as an entrepreneurial, the biggest piece of all of that, right, that I struggle with is the data, okay? The documenting your processes and, and, and all of that. So have you seen any hacks that people have used in order to actually get that accomplished a lot faster than that one to two to three or whatever long period? And in terms of the process component of, of really Yes, getting... maybe it's the process, not the data, but the process yeah. component, right? So some of the things that I really encourage teams uh, to do, and there are some companies out there that uh, you can hire to help you do that. And, and uh, some people find real value in those. At the same time, um, what, what I work with teams and teach them is the first step is to find really what the core processes are. And that's usually where most people struggle. I also teach people the three traps. And the first trap is what I call the blob. I don't know if you remember that old movie of the blob just kind of growing bigger and bigger. And a lot of people do that. And then they start moving from to this 100, 500 page manual that just keeps getting bigger and bigger and never really get, get addressed. The second is people kind of want to do everything in the organization, or they do a little less and they want to make a training manual. I encourage people just start just what are those really core processes that a fully trained person can just use to say, yep, I did everything that needs to be done. For, for example, for myself, when I prepare for a session, I have a very simple process that I can look at. Somebody brand new, they wouldn't know how to do it because it's not a training manual, but I, it just helps me make sure I don't forget things and things are done repeatedly the right way the first time and every time. And, and then the, the third mistake I see with, with teams is they tend to do departmental specific processes where the real challenges in the organization, all of the communication, the confusion, and the conflict typically comes where the processes cross between departments. So with those three in mind, and there's actually a book called Process, which I was fortunate enough to participate in, in during the writing that will walk you through this, is first identifying what we call the three-step process documenter and being able to identify here is our set of six, seven, eight, nine core processes. We're not talking about everything. And this is where some perfectionists really get stuck, as well as people that just want to solve everything in the world. We're just saying these are the six, seven, eight, nine core processes. If we just do these, we're 80% successful. And then kind of draw a fence around that and don't let the blob keep growing and growing until you get those documented and into really something that's a 15 to 30 page simple manual that is your company's way of operating and then began to focus on te teaching it to everyone and making sure it's followed by all. And most people, they get impatient. They then want to go right out more or they throw those away or they never implement them. And then at some point people go, oh, it doesn't matter anyway. So they just ignore them all and it gets frustrated and a year or two later, they start over. So typically what I just described, let's say to do it fast takes about six months to, to really do it pretty quickly in an organization. But the beauty is you set a clear, defined, this is a target, and it's usually much simpler than what people imagine, but it's a lot more work also than what they imagine, even though it's simple. Does that help, Chris? Absolutely. And and kind of on a follow-up on that, do you, because it sounded like you, you said recommend that you start with a checklist, a simple checklist, right? And then 
do you create an SOP based off of that checklist or, you know, let's get a little bit more in depth on it or, or how does that work? You know, that, that's where I would watch it, but there, it, it almost to me sounds like that's starting to move towards the blob. It's really yeah. just, Hey, if I, if I just do this handful of things, then I will be ready to go. For example, on this podcast, there's probably just a handful of things that if you do those, you're 80% likely to do it. Now, if you ask me to do it the first time with no training, I won't be able to do it. But if you write it for a Chris who's fully trained, if you just make sure those are done each time, that's where you need to start. And, and here's one of the one of the magic components of that is most of the problems in the organization are that the leadership team aren't in agreement and they don't have consensus on what the really the right way is every time. So that's a huge part of what I just described is getting every single person on the leadership team, whether they're part of that or not, to say, this is the right way to do it every time and then have one voice. Because in most organizations, people, they talk to one person in leadership, they get a different answer than another, and there's just real confusion. So it's actually simpler, I think, than what you're saying. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's simpler than what you're saying. And that way you can really get everybody on leadership to agree. And then you can make sure and take it to the team. And sometimes you have to go back and say, whoops, we didn't get it right. Do that correction. But don't let it grow into what I would call a full SOP or a training manual. Interesting. Love that. Well, Randy, you have been dropping some gold. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Let's pause for just a second for a message from this episode's sponsor. Okay, we're back. So Randy, let's let's just keep digging into some of your experiences with helping entrepreneurs with EOS. One of the things that we, you talked about earlier is that, that change is going to happen as you implement this and change can be very, very difficult. And so it could be very emotional. It could, you know, you've got a lot of, of, of uncertainty through that process. Can you tell a story of, of some change where you saw an entrepreneur that, that tackled that change head on and really led his or her team really well through that process? One team I'm, I was with recently, they were growing like crazy. And they were seeing just their revenue, their top line was fantastic. And their big change was we we need to grow the bottom line because they their bottom line was staying the same and, and really getting worse over time. And so part of what they had to do as a leadership team, they had to get on the same page, which kind of ties back to the discussion we were just having. What is our real objective here? And that's part of setting the vision. Is it top line growth, which isn't bad, and some some teams need to do that, or is it really bottom line growth at a slower rate of, re of revenue growth? And may even, they agreed, really, we'll just hold revenue steady. And they it really changed the way that they approached sales. They actually uh, decided not to continue working with some of their customers. They also changed the way they did their quote. It changed the way they approached their, their job. So it was a massive mindset change throughout the organization. And what's awesome is I was just with them in the, in the last couple of weeks, and they are seeing profits like never before. And ironically, they're also seeing revenue growth through the roof at the same time. So they're actually getting both of that. So that's one example. Um, I'll throw in one more of a of somebody that just gave me a call uh, a couple of days ago. And 
And this is somebody who has graduated and they're and then we just stay in touch case so they'll reach out maybe ask a question and, and touch base but when they first started the eos process they had a lot of need for open and honest communication on their leadership team as we went through the initial sessions i would kind of get side comments of uh you know well we're not really being totally open and honest here and greg you uh you mentioned how gracious i was earlier i'm actually I don't, know if, I don't know if everybody, if that gentleman I mentioned earlier, or these folks felt like I was that gracious because I just say it in front of everybody. And we talked about it and they began to have the conversations they needed to have. And what we call the accountability chart, they really started digging in. And as a result of digging in on that, about four months later, they called me all excited. They said our throughput time has been cut in half. Their manufacturing time was cut in half. And I said, what happened? They said, well, it was that accountability chart. Once we started having those open and honest conversations, one, we realized we had some seats that weren't correct in the organization. Number two, we didn't have it structured correctly. Nobody really understood who owned what. And we also had some people that weren't the right people in the right seat. Once we made those moves, it has dramatically changed the organization. And the conversation I just had when, when he called me was he was saying similar. They're just a couple of years down the road to see a progress. Love that. Wow. Yeah, that's so awesome. What is the best advice that you can give to somebody right now that is sitting on the fence on implementing US, right, in their organization What's the best bit of advice that you can give them to do right now other than call you? As you're saying that, I have to put aside what I honestly think. I'm putting that, I'm going to put that aside because the best thing is do a 90 minute meeting. Don't feel like you have to, don't feel like you have to actually do anything else besides that. There's no obligation. All it'll cost you is about 90 minutes. That's what I see is the most valuable thing. I was just coaching a uh, an implementer across the country. And, and uh, as, as we were talking, I said, that's if we go into it and just help first and focus mm-hmm. on that, that's the biggest key. That kind of violates what you said. And it sounds, sounds self-serving. So I don't, I don't mean it that way. If you aren't comfortable with that, then I would, I would sit down with your team and start working through the components of the EOS model and, and start actually getting things on the table. And the good news is the information is there to be able to, to do that. So you you can sit down and start working through the book traction. Uh, there There's several books in the EOS library that are all very helpful, very powerful. Um, another one that can be really helpful, particularly for visionaries and for companies where there's a lot of starts and then chaos and starts and chaos is rocket fuel. I know several leaders who have found that to be transformational and uh and then then start asking yourself and your team what is it we really want and then what are we willing to do to get there that that's that's kind of where it started and then other than that it's it's use the book as a recipe the closer you follow that i think the more likely you are to have long-term success well ags if if you are not connected with randy i know that the, the, he's he's not being self-serving but I'm telling you right now, you need to know Randy. You need to take him up on the offer for the 90-minute meeting. And Ag's just, he is here to help. He is here to, to serve you because uh, his heart is to make entrepreneurs better, stronger, to achieve their goals and their, their God-given vision. So Randy, how can 
our listeners get in touch with you? How can we support you? How can we encourage you and Abigail? Well, uh, thank you, Greg. Um, you can call me anytime, 979-574-4571. You can email me, randy.mcdougall at eosworldwide.com. And just reach out. Uh, I'd love to love to visit, love to talk to you and, and uh, just hear. I love to hear stories. You know, everybody has a lot of stories of both challenges and and of real successes. So love to hear that and uh, just do great work. Randy, thank you so much for coming on and sharing with the Aggie entrepreneurial community all of the advice that you've given as well as, you know, just everything that you've shared here. We really appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. all. Thanks for all the work you're doing. Congratulations on being 100. Well, how about that, Ags? Was that pretty awesome or what? I know I say that every single week, but really learning more about EOS is just right up my alley. I know I have a ton of things that I wrote down here. What was your biggest takeaway there, Greg? Well, first off, connecting with Randy and and just his the the humility and the graciousness which which he approaches entrepreneurship, the willingness to help is so amazing. And I, I have I've worked with him uh, with other clients, mutual clients, and he is just the ultimate professional. So I'm we're so thankful that that he was able to join us. But the thing that stuck out to me uh, out of all the nuggets that he dropped, the biggest one was when he talked about the need for open and honest communication. And and that sounds so simple, right? I mean, Aggies don't lie, cheat, or steal. We're going to be honest. We're going to be upfront. We're going to tell you what's going on. But sometimes in our businesses, sometimes in our entrepreneurial journey, that doesn't happen for whatever reason. But in order for you to have real meaningful change, in order for you to achieve what you are called to do, to, to achieve what your vision for your company is, you have to have open and honest communication. And and I loved how he told that story about that one entrepreneur that that stood up and said, hey, we're, we're just talking about change. We're not going to actually do it. That was, unfortunately, that was open and honest communication in a negative way. And it just killed the vibe in the room. It killed the hope of whatever was growing. And, and so it was really good to hear Randy talk all about EOS, but really to say, hey, Ags, you need to be open and honest in everything that you do. Be clear, even when that's a difficult conversation to have. What about you, Chris? What did you take away? So my biggest takeaway was really surrounding the the question that I had about processes and, and how do you document? Mm-hmm. Because that's one thing that I, I have seen with tons and tons of entrepreneurs, right? Because I work with tons of entrepreneurs myself, is really struggling on that piece. And I know that I've struggled with it over the years, right? And keeping it simple, right? He didn't come out and straight say say that, but keep it simple, stupid, right? Let's let's kiss this and keep it down to the core processes, right? Yeah. What really is what it takes to run this business. You know, like I, I even went into on on the checklist. Do we need a checklist? Do we need an SOP? Do we need, you know, training that goes along with all this stuff? And just keep it simple is really what his underlying, what he was saying was just keep it simple. So I love that. I wrote it down here and just document your core processes Mm -hmm. and don't make it a blob. Just like, don't make it a blob. (laughs) 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 Exactly. So that's it. That's keep it, keep it simple. Well, Ags, this is going to do it for this special 100th episode for Aggie Growth Hacks. If you're not connected with Randy, do yourself a favor. I'm so serious about this. Give him a call, shoot him an email, talk to him, get him in your circle, even if it's just on LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever. Just reach out to him and connect with him. I guarantee 
guarantee that you will not be disappointed and that your and your company's lives will be better for it. While you're on the web, connect with Chris and I, connect with Aggie Growth Hacks, check out our Facebook group where we have this, we carry on this conversation and make sure you go to aggiegrowthhacks.com where you can hear this episode you can hear previous episodes. And even if you go way back into the vault, we uh, a couple of years ago, we did something called uh, Aggie Hack Shops, where we focused on different different aspects of entrepreneurship. And Randy had a bonus content. He was he's one of our guest speakers at one of our hack shops. So if you haven't checked that out, make sure you do that as well. We want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M University. Since 1999, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship has served as the hub of entrepreneurship for Texas A&M. If you're an Aggie entrepreneur or even a entrepreneur, head on over to their website to find a program that's right for you. Just go to aggiegrowthhacks.com forward slash McFerrin right now. Well, Ags, that's going to be it for this time. Please join us next time when we connect with another great Aggie entrepreneur and learn how they hack their growth. Till then, I'm Chris Hunter. And I'm Greg Martin. Thanks and gig'em. Whoop!